Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Verse 4, he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, These, those who are, have the spirit of Antichrist, those who deny Jesus has come in the flesh, who deny Christ altogether. He says, Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you're a born-again Christian, the Spirit of God indwells you. You are a Christian. If you do not have the Spirit of God in you, you are not a Christian. I don't care if you have bake sales and help the poor. I don't care if you devote your life and walk through fire to help the old lady across the street. If you do not have Christ in you, you are none of His. Today on Truth in Christ Radio, Scripture says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Welcome to our Bible study for today. The children of God need not fear the spirit of the Antichrist, because they have the indwelling spirit of God. That indwelling spirit is greater than he who is in the world, Satan, and all of his allies. The believer has a resource for victory the vital presence of the indwelling Jesus, which makes victory always possible if we will rely on he who is in you instead of relying on ourselves. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's study. Judah, then there was Samaria, which was the, the area where there was a lot of interbreeding going on with Jews and Gentiles. And then there was the Galilee of the Gentiles up in the north. And Jesus had to go up to Galilee, but he said, I must needs, I have to go to Samaria. There's a reason I have to go. I have to go to Samaria because he knew there was a woman there, a woman who didn't know him, and a whole entire village that was ignorant of him, that needed salvation. So you remember what he did. Instead of going around and going out over the Jordan and crossing up and bypassing Samaria altogether, he went straight through it, and he went to a town, and he saw a lady, a woman at the well, And he says, woman, could you get me a drink of water? And you remember the dialogue that they had. And Jesus said, uh, you know, where's your husband? And and she says, nowhere, Lord. He says, you you said rightly because this is now your fifth husband. And you're not even married to him, right? And, 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 And this dialogue opens up. But then at one point she said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus claimed that he was God, that he was God in the flesh. He is the Messiah. So let's go back to verse 3 here. You know, it talks about, he says in John chapter, or verse 3, excuse me, he said, the spirit of Antichrist which you have heard was coming. 
Now, we have to differentiate the spirit, the, the spirit of Antichrist and the Antichrist himself. We know that there's a man coming on the scene, yet future to us, who is going to have all the solutions. After the church is removed in the rapture, he is going to come on the scene. We, we, we know that that's going to occur. And we see things in the world just kind of forming for, for this new one world order. And believe me, it, it wants to happen so badly. So badly. Because once you and I are removed from this earth, there is nothing stopping the legislation that's going to bring, bring forward this one world government. Our sovereignty has to be stripped away. We have to be part of the conglomerate. We can no longer be sovereign and hold to what we hold to. But there is one coming who the Bible says is the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist. He will be defeated at the end. But he is going to lead the whole world into apostasy, and they will worship him. And they will receive a mark in their, in their right hand or in their forehead that they cannot live unless they, uh, they can't buy or sell anything unless they receive that mark. It's going to be some kind of distinguishing mark. Who knows what that is? In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus when he was on the Mount of Olives with his disciples, we call it the Olivet Discourse, Jesus said to them, he says, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many. He was talking to the Jews, and he was referring to a time yet future to them, and by the way, yet future to us even still. It's a time at the end, or during, during that tribulation period, right before Jesus would return. He would say, there's going to be many false Christs coming up on the scene, claiming that they are the Messiah. Claiming that they are the Messiah. Many will come in my name, he said, saying, I am the Christ, I am the Christos, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Did you ever wonder why no one ever claims to be Buddha? You know, Jesus didn't say, you know, people are going to come in Buddha's name, or they're going to come in uh, Muhammad's name, or they're going to come in some other name. They're going to come in the name of David Koresh. They're going to come in the name of Jim Jones. Those, all those men claim to be God. They claim to be the Messiah. They claim to be Jesus. Why is it that people are only claiming to be Jesus? Have you thought about that? Josephus, the Jewish historian, he tells us that the land of Israel was overrun with magicians, seducers, and impostors who drew the people after them in multitudes into solitudes and deserts to see the signs and miracles that they promised to show by the power of God. And the names of 24 false messiahs are recorded as having appeared between the time of the emperor Hadrian and the year 1682. 24 at least, at least, and that was just back then. Just back then, there's one man uh, who established a holy city in Northern California in recent history, and he expected any minute to be called to Washington, D.C. to solve the problems of the world because he was the Messiah. Why isn't anybody coming in the name of Muhammad? Why isn't anybody coming in the name of Charles Taz Russell? Or why isn't anybody coming in the name of Gandhi? Or why isn't anybody coming in the name of whoever it is in the Middle East? Why is it Jesus? I can tell you why. 
If there is one thing that is true, and if there is an adversary, the adversary is going to want to pollute that name. He's going to want to deceive people from getting to that name because there's salvation only in Christ. And if that is the truth, and all the hordes of hell are going to come after that name and try to deceive people from knowing Jesus Christ because the devil himself knows that Jesus is the Savior of the world. He knows that his time is short. That's what the Bible says. And therefore, he goes throughout all the earth like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he wants to deceive many. Anything but Christ. Anything but Christ. He doesn't care if you believe in David Koresh. He took a bunch of people to their grave. Believing in him as the Messiah. Jim Jones, back in the early 70s, did the same thing. There in Guyana. Drink the Kool-Aid. Many false messiahs. There's a gentleman by the name of Arnold uh, Potter. Actually, he was a schismatic Latter-day Saint, and he claimed that Christ entered his body and he became Potter Christ, son of the living God, living God, and he died in an attempt to ascend into heaven by jumping off a cliff. Sun Moon. There's another gentleman, believed to be the Messiah and the second coming of Jesus. He and his wife. They believed that they were the true parents of humankind and as the restored Adam and Eve, and they received worship. Jim Jones, we all know him from the People's Temple, had a personality cult. He claimed to be the reincarnation of Jesus, uh, Akhenaten, whoever that is, the Buddha, Vladimir Lenin, and Father Divine in the 70s. And you remember, on November 18, 1978, he shot himself in Guyana, claiming to be the Messiah, or Marshall Applewhite. Remember that gentleman? And we talked about last week about the Heaven's Gate cult. Remember right before, in 1997? He was the gentleman who declared, and I quote, I, Jesus, Son of God, acknowledge on this date of September 25th, 1995. And he was the Heaven's Gate, uh, the leader of that. And they had a mass uh, suicide on March 26, 1997, to rendezvous with what they thought was a spaceship hiding behind Comet Hale-Bopp as it came through the atmosphere. Charles Manson, he was another false messiah, claimed at one point to be Jesus. David Koresh, we talked of him. And here's an interesting guy, David Shaler. He's a former MI5 agent and whistleblower who in the summer of 2007 proclaimed himself to be the messiah. He released a series of videos on YouTube claiming to be Jesus. So why Jesus? Why is everybody claiming to be Jesus? Because he's the real deal. Often they say that counter, um, flat, uh, count, uh, what's the word? Um, imitation is the, great, is the highest form of flattery, right? When you imitate someone or trying to be someone, it's not because you're unimportant. It's because you're the real thing. So we have to re-examine ourselves and say, Lord, you know, there have been so many of these false messiahs. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe what the Bible says about him? It's important to do that. Because there's no salvation in any other name. There's no salvation in any other name. Verse 4, he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, these, those who are, have the spirit of Antichrist. Those who deny Jesus has come in the flesh, who deny Christ altogether. He says, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
If you're a born-again Christian, the Spirit of God indwells you. You are a Christian. If you do not have the Spirit of God in you, you are not a Christian. I don't care if you have bake sales and help the poor. I don't care if you devote your life and walk through fire to help the old lady across the street. If you do not have Christ in you, you are none of his. You are none of his. In 1 John chapter 5, we're going to get to next week, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, your faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He's equal with God the Father, equal with God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God in you is greater than he, the devil, or his demons, or the Spirit of Antichrist. And how important is it to be a Christian? If you are not a Christian, and if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, understand that you are easy prey. Easy prey for Satan and his deceptions. You are literally a sitting duck. And you may not be possessed by a demon if you're not a believer in Jesus, but let me tell you something. His thoughts, his perspectives, and his worldview, you will align with that because that's the only other recourse that you have. The world listens to the world Those who are God's listen to him, and he knows who are his. And if there's any doubt in your heart this morning who you belong to, you have to make that calling and that election sure today. You can't, you don't have tomorrow. You have to do it today. You have to do it today. Jesus said to Nicodemus, a very religious man, he said, unless you are born again, Born from above, the Spirit of God in you, unless that happens, and believe me, God wants to fill everybody here. He wants to dwell in you. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he would go on later in the, in the fifth and seventh verse and say, unless you are born again, you can't even, see, you can't even understand. You can't see. You, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Those are his words. It's not some cult. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting how some people think that we're a cult because we believe in Jesus and we believe what the Bible says. The same Bible that many churches read, we, we read John chapter 3, and for some reason, John chapter 3 is just glossed over in many churches. What's the use? (laughs) What's the use? If we don't believe what the Bible says, we might as well just go out and have a drink. Right? Might as well just live it up because tomorrow, you know, just party, 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 for tomorrow we die. In verse 5, he goes on, he says, They, those who are in the world, those who are of the spirit of Antichrist. And these people, sometimes these people can be nice people. They can be good to be around. They, they can be kind. They can be educated. They can be wealthy. They can be poor. They can be friendly. They can have great personalities. They can have great gifts. But they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. Notice, they is referring to those who have the spirit of Antichrist. Do you know that you, Christian, are different? And that as you walk with Jesus, the world is walking to the beat of a different drummer? They are. They're walking to a beat of a different drummer. The world has a distinct voice, and those who deceive and those who are deceived by them, they hear the world, and this is not a good thing. They hear one another. They speak the same language. They have the same thoughts. They have the same worldview. And even though they speak the English language, it is like there is a huge disconnect. Have you ever talked to somebody who doesn't know the Bible? Have you talked to an unbeliever? And they're trying to, they're trying to sift through all the world events, and, and they're, they're freaking out. 
They're taking pills and drinking and having relationships with people because they're trying to deaden the pain. They have no idea what's coming. It's fearful. But don't you, aren't you glad that God has given us the end? He's shown us the end. It's all in here. You just have to read it. And he loves us enough to tell us the truth so that we know what's coming. I don't know about you. It's still scary even though I know where, where, everything that's coming. But now, everything that happens, I put through the lens of what this says. And you know what? It's all adding up, folks. You know this to be true. It's all adding up. Things are in alignment now that have never been in alignment the Bible talks about a battle between, that, uh, between Magog and Russia, or who is Russia, and Persia, which is Iran. And for the first time in the last 15, 10, 15 years, those two countries are now in alignment. They've never been in alignment before, ever. Now they are. And the Bible says that there's coming a battle where those, that group of, uh, they're going to be leading the charge against Israel in a battle that's soon to come. I'm sure that's just a coincidence, though. I'm sure that God really doesn't know what he's talking about. But do you believe that he is outside of time? He can see world history as if it's already been completed. That's who we're dealing with. Read Psalm 139. Is he omniscient? Is he all-knowing or is he not? Or is he some frail God? Is he some little, little thing, little idol that we put on our thing and we bow down and worship with a candle next to it that has no voice, that has no feelings, that can't talk to me, but yet I give it my all? No, give Jesus your all. He is the creator. See, the world doesn't understand you, Christian, and the world hates you. But we are not to hate them, right? This is not about us and them. This is about us being empowered by God to go out and share the good news with them and love them, even when they don't like us. See, we are the overcomers. They, they, they haven't come into that place yet, but we want to love them. We want to tell them the truth, that there is a hope. There is a great hope. They have to know that hope. We are the ones to give it to them. We, are, we have this, this, this treasure in earthen vessels, don't we? We have the Spirit of God in us if you're born again. And what a great treasure. People see it all over you. They see it in the way you speak. They see it in the way you act. And isn't it wonderful when after a while, after some calamity happens in your life, Everything is falling apart. You're, both of your parents die in an accident. You lose your job. You, just, you, you get the report back from the doctor. You've got a tumor in your stomach. You've got three months to live. <laughs> now, obviously, that would be a bad day. And obviously, we wouldn't be smiling and kicking our heels. It hurts. It's no fun. But there's an inner joy in us and the world, people around us. How can you how can you stand? How can you stand when all of this is happening? It's like, well, it's because of God. It's Jesus. When 9-11 happened, I remember uh, many of the people that I work for in Xerox, they, they knew that I was a Christian. I'd share with many of them. But when 9-11 happened, after the thing, whole thing came tumbling down, I had a line of people outside of my cubicle because they knew I was the only one that, or one, one of few that really knew what this was what was happening. And why it happened. And where do we go from here? What's this all about? They needed comfort. But you, Christian, you speak a different language. And it's okay if the world doesn't understand you. We are to love them nonetheless. We are to reach out to them. We are to love them, right? Do not marvel, my brethren. Uh, We read this uh, last week or the week before. 
Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we have, because we love the brethren. And he who does not love his brother abides in death. And whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life by abiding in him. Didn't Jesus say in John chapter 15, Jesus said to his disciples, and I quote in chapter 15, verse 18, he says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you, what? For my name's sake, Jesus says. For my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. They don't know God the Father. If I had come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. So he who hates me hates my Father also. If I had not done among them the works which they did, which no one else did, they would have no sin. Now they have, but now they have seen and also hated both me and my Father. But this happened, that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. Let's go on to verse 6 here. And we may have to end after this. John says, We are of God. And he who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Those who hear the world, there are those who hear the world, and there are those who hear those who know God. Don't think it's any... Uh, unusual thing for you to be speaking and people look at you. I mean, honestly, before I knew Jesus Christ, and I had a, a young man, his name was David Rickards. He was in high school with me, and he was uh, a Baptist, his dad was a Baptist preacher. And David was, he was on fire. He just loved the Lord. And, and I really liked him. Um, I didn't want to be around him. Because I was, I wanted to hang out. I was a guitar player. I had the long blonde hair and the electric guitars, and you know, I wanted to be Eddie Van Halen. And and, and David was so kind to me. He always loved me. He could see I was a punk. <laughs> but he loved me. And he would say things like, in front of other people, right? He would say, Rob, I've prayed for you. God has a plan for your life. He would say stuff like that in front of all these people. I'm like, yeah, that's great, man. I would try to hide in the corner. I just wanted to be like the Wicked Witch of the North, just shrinking down. (laughs) He would say stuff like that. And then finally one day, you know, give my heart to him. I forget why I was going there, but I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. You know, I just wanted to try to carve myself out of life, and I had no clue. And, and here this one was speaking a different language to me. And he would say stuff like, you know, the Lord wants to, you know, he, he would tell me about the rapture of the church. And I'd look at him and like, like I was a cat with testing new eyes. Yeah. What? You mean, you mean like Star Trek? Beam me up, Scotty. You mean like that? He's like, yeah. But then I read it for myself. It sounds like a science fiction thing, but it's not. I believe it with all my heart. 
Do you believe it with all your heart? Do you believe that Jesus is coming? They've been saying it for years, folks. They've been saying it for years, but we are getting closer and closer and closer to the end. And where are you? Where are you? And if you are in Christ, make your calling and election sure. Do everything in your power to get rid of the distractions in your life. Put away the cell phones. Cancel your cell phone. Take your iPhone. Throw it on the ground. Smash it with your foot if you have to. If that thing is keeping you from reading the word of God, and if it's leading you into sin, men especially, you better take care of it. You better take care of it today. If you have a problem with that stuff, you'd better toss it. You better get a dumb phone. Leave the smartphones alone. Get one of those ones that all it has is a giant keypad. That's all there is. No internet. It's just call mom. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.